What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro series has all of those and the Roku streaming experience. An award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day. And regular, all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro series. A smart TV built by the streaming pros. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool 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 Audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News with interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing with funny off brand upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them when it's all about ridiculous news everywhere. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News. I'm Mark Kendall. With me is Bill Worley. So happy to be here, Mark. So happy to have you listening at home, in the car, wherever you're at. Wherever you're at, man. This is this is great. We're we're here recording. Uh, Bill, it's great to see you. Ty, it's mm-hmm. great to see you. Casey, it's great to be here with you. I can't can't see you, but it's great to be here with everyone. Yeah, we really have the AA plus team. I agree. Yes, I'm very excited mm-hmm. as always to yeah. hang out with these folks. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, just a little bit about where I'm at personally. I've uh, been sipping on some blueberry sparkling water. And like mm. 20 minutes ago, I no joke had like six or seven double stuffed Oreos. So oh, like, man. I'm like kind of like in the midst of this sugar high. So I'm feeling good. Yeah. For, for those uh, you listening, Mark is a big fan of Oreos and uh, double stuffed Oreos. What's the opposite of kryptonite? I mean, the, the sun. It's kind of what powers so. you, I guess, on a daily basis. <laughs> Not necessarily daily. I don't know. The basis. Yeah, I don't. I don't get them. I don't get them every day. So it's definitely. It's definitely like. A, it's definitely a treat. But man, I love. I love. Uh, I love some cookies. You know, mm-hmm. some cookies are great. They are delicious. Yeah. What is it they put in Oreos? Because you know, you get the store brand. It's not the same. Don't don't kid. It's never the same. Did you ever uh, have Hydrox growing up? I, I <laughs> did. You? I. I, I does that prevent COVID? It sounds no, like no, it. no. Hydrox. It was like um, I won't say off brand, but it was just like another brand of uh, cookies with cream in the middle. I, I don't know that. I did. And um, I think that they were mostly like. Uh, remember when Atlanta used to have like Win Dixies? Oh yes, yeah, of um, course. That was yeah. where we went as a kid. Yeah, and so my growing up, my dad liked Hydrox more than Oreos. What? 
So we would often get Hydrox instead of Oreos. Oh my god! Yeah, and so Hydrox was it was just like a different brand of cookie. I, I and honestly, I, I don't know whether or not it was considered like off brand or not, but yeah. they were but they were called Hydrox. I've I've not seen them around uh, recently, uh, but, but yeah. well, the real question is. I've never seen you eat those cookies and I've only yeah. heard you talk about Oreos. So yeah. did you feel like maybe your dad was taking something away from you when he would bring home not Oreos, but Hy- it's Hydrox? I'm pretty sure it's Hydrox, like H-Y-D-R-O-X. <laughs> this is only from my memory. Sounds like a chemical. It doesn't sound like a cookie it, at it, all. It, it, is real, it is a real cookie. And I think the reason, you know, like when there are things from your childhood where you're like, is this real? I can't remember. I'm not sure. Yes. I'm pretty sure Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec mens- mentions Hydrox at some mm. point and he likes them. And I'm like, okay, so that wasn't a dream. I didn't dream that. Does that happen with you? Were there like moments from your childhood where you're like, did this happen? Oh, definitely. Did I experience that? So Hydrox was kind of one of those things for me. But they, it's a real cookie. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to, the next time I'm on the cookie aisle at my local Winn-Dixie yeah. uh, or Publix or wherever, yeah. I'm definitely picking up some Hydrox because I got to get in on this. I got to yeah. know. Yeah. And, and not to necessarily like stay on cookies for too, too much, but just like, the uh, other cookies that we'd have a lot as kids that I don't have as much now, but I really enjoyed was uh, Famous Amos cookies. Did you mm-hmm. ever have those? I did. I did enjoy Famous I liked, Amos. I liked Famous Amos cookies a lot. What I got think. me about them is that they were very dry to me as a kid, mm-hmm. but I still liked them. And like now, and even as a kid, I like chewy cookies, mm-hmm. but I don't know how Famous Amos beat that like taste preference in me because I still was excited as a kid to get Famous Amos. I think... I wonder if it was the experience of eating them because you'd get like a, from what I remember, they would come in like a small bag and you could get, and they were like really small mini cookies. Right. So you could have like several in a bite. It, you could, it was like the, the experience of eating it mm. was a lot of fun yeah. and you could kind of eat a bunch of them. I mean, you should, I guess you probably shouldn't, um, if, if <laughs> you know, should you, should you eat a bunch of cookies? That's, that's a tough thing to say, but, yeah. but yeah. Well, yeah, I think it depends. It depends on you know a lot of things. How much exercise you get, you know. If, right. if you're Michael Phelps, you can you can down a lot of cookies. Uh, you yeah. Know? So it, it just all depends on your your regimen. Yeah, I was just thinking about Michael Phelps. Remember yeah, that? what about him? Um, I was thinking about how a couple things. Well, one, uh, several things come to mind when I think about Michael Phelps. Okay. One is is I remember, uh, like I think it was pretty soon after his first Olympics. He got caught like smoking something. Do you yes. remember that? Yes, he got. A, it was, I think it was a picture of him taking a hit from a bomb. Yes, mm-hmm. and I remember that was just like that was just news for a really long time. Yeah. Now I don't know. I don't know if that's new. Maybe maybe it's, it would be, but I I feel like it's not. Yeah, it's not news because Clarence Thomas came out. And said that, you know, hey, our federal marijuana laws make no sense. Yeah. They make no sense anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I am very hopeful very soon. We got 36 states, I think, roughly, with uh, some form of legalization, uh, many states with recreational. So, I I am blown away in my lifetime that we got recreational to hear 36 states. So, I, I'm very hopeful that, you know, Michael Phelps can just really get mad at all those people that were <laughs> mad at him. And and you know what? He was probably, because 
little things like that help yeah. move the needle a little bit. I mean, what are you going to say? What did Michael Phelps do with his life? <laughs> Does he have like 17 gold medals? Well, that was the other thing about him is he's won so many medals. Yeah. And then the last thing that comes to mind when I think about Michael Phelps is in the book Atomic Habits, they mm. mentioned Michael Phelps as an example of someone where he had a combination of like resources, natural ability, and like work work ethic. So mm. like the the his the build of his body like i forget what it is he has like i, I as you can tell I, I don't know a lot about competitive olympic swimming but it's just like not only is he tall but like certain limbs of his that are longer makes him uniquely suited for swimming as opposed to like sprinting mm. you know yeah. and so it's just like if you were a runner like his size and his build may not help but because the length of his body is what it is it's great for swimming. Yeah, he, it's yeah. like if, if if you were in a lab and you put together the perfect swimming person, mm -hmm. it would have been Michael Phelps. And we don't know if he was born in a lab or not. I don't, yeah, I, his parents are gonna hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I think he was a natural born human oh, being. Oh man, this is wild. Sorry, Bill, I, mm -hmm, yeah. I hate to do this. This is, an, this is not professional, but my phone is on. Okay. And I'm getting a call from Michael Phelps, oh, great. Phelps' dad. Oh, okay. I don't want to talk to him. I don't know how he has my number, but could you pick up the phone? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Here, yeah, yeah go. Okay, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'll go ahead and hit answer. Yeah, just hit answer on your phone. Yeah. Hello, this is Bill. This is Michael Phelps' daddy, Daddy Phelps. Is this the Ridiculous News Podcast Hotline? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, Mr. Phelps, I'm, I'm honored that you called in. We were actually just speaking about your son. Good, good. Well, first of all, I want to say how much a fan I am of you and your <laughs> podcast. I've been listening to every single episode. Are you all right, Mr. Phelps? No, I'm not okay. What's going on? I'm outside digging a ditch. Looking for buried treasure. My God. Uh, yes. So I, I guess you got Bluetooth, I would assume. I absolutely do. I have a Bluetooth in my ear, and I'm looking for the lost blooms of Anastasia. That is incredible. The lost blooms of Anastasia. Yes. You remember that uh, movie? It wasn't a Disney movie, but it was an animated movie about Anastasia, and it was singing and dancing and Russia. As I, you know what? Until you said Russia, I thought I, I knew, but I'm just excited. So, so based on this cartoon, you're digging somewhere for Barry. Right, Schreiber. I was like, I bet she had some doubloons, so I'm gonna dig them up. And while I'm uh, digging this hole, I listen to this podcast, and y'all saying Michael Phelps was born in a lab. Now, Bill, I've listened to every episode. You're one of the most brilliant. I appreciate that, Mr. Phelps. Thank you. And then I hear, you think my boy, my son, my uh, flesh and blood came out of a lab in dust, in dust. Oh, oh no! I'm. You know what? It was. It was a joke because you know I. I have read that. That I think that the example has been made that scientists, if they wanted to make the perfect human specimen. You know, they would have made for swimming and winning and swimming. They would have made Michael Phelps. So I, I, I was just making a, a comparison. I, I didn't mean to say that. You know, he he wasn't born in a lab, right? I mean, I'm. You know, I I, I assume you're upset because. Wait, it was, it was a joke. 
Oh, oh yeah, it was just I was. We were making fun of you because you like us. You like me. You like my son. You like. Well, you know, now I like you. I, to be honest, I didn't know a lot about you, Mr. Phelps. I'm a little concerned about where you are digging doubloons. Um, Orlando. Uh, Orlando. Okay, well, it's hot. You need to make sure you drink plenty of water. But I, I'm so glad that you're a fan, and uh, I, I hope that uh, you you <laughs> come back and chat with us more because this is interesting. I got to say, that was a fun. I, I didn't know you were joking, and, and now that I realize it, Where was he, boy? Oh, oh, wait, sorry, Bill. I, I want to ask answer that question, but I found a doubloon. Oh. And just... Oh, oh no! Mr. Felt, Mr. Oh, I think... Mark, I think... I'm sorry, here's your phone. I think... Oh, my God. I think the line just went dead. Hey, everybody! Oh, nice. <laughs> it's a whole, whole tank full of doubloons! I... I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a school and, and teach people how to swim. Thank you so much, Mr. Phelps. If there's anyone that I could trust to teach people to, to swim, it would be you of all of all people. That that means a lot. This is the best, second best day of my life. First best day of my life was when Michael Phelps was born. <laughs> not in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Well, I gotta go. Okay. Well, thank you so much for for calling in, Mr. Phelps, and I hope that uh, you know if you want to shoot us some texts of the doubloon footage, we'll we'll post it on our socials because it's oh. really exciting. Oh, that's great! I'll do that. All right, Anastasia for life. Out. Okay. Oh, oh. oh, yeah. He. I think he did hang up that time, Mark. I guess so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Wow, Bill. That. Thanks for taking that call. I, I didn't know what it was going to be like. I was. That was a. You know, I was so excited to talk to Mr. Phelps, so mm-hmm. excited to hear what he's up to, um, and so excited to hear that he's a fan. Yeah. Um, he really, I think he was a really big fan. He is a huge, well, I would say you too. You know, what's yeah. funny is I, I know that he didn't really mention you mm-hmm. during the call, but I'm going to assume, he didn't say me, he said the, the show. Right. So that's includes right. you, Mark. Oh, cool, man. I, yeah. I appreciate that. Well, yeah. that was nice to hear from him. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, uh, uh had some cookies today. I think that's how that tangent started. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, well, today, uh, speaking of Oreo cookies yeah. and deliciousness, <laughs> um, uh, we're talking about uh, one of my most uh, favorite subjects or something mm-hmm. that gives me a lot of joy on a yeah. daily basis. Yeah. Uh, memes! Um, you know, memes are just, every time I see a meme, it tends to be a source of joy. Well, uh, I'm going to be honest. It's either extreme, ha that's right, that's joy, or, oh my God, that's terrible, I'm offended. And it seems to be, that seems to be one of the two emotions, not, not a lot in the middle. Right, yeah, I agree. The third thing, too, that I will think of when I see a meme is like, oh, what's that referencing? <laughs> you know, right. and, then, oh, yeah. and then later, and then later I'll understand. But, but I agree, it's like memes have a way of, uh, just being so immediately accessible and being able to get at your emotions in a really interesting way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so so just at home, so you know what we're talking about, a meme is defined as an idea, behavior, style, or usage that spreads from person to person within a culture. And what's interesting about that is when I think of meme, I think of the, the digital meme, but mm-hmm. clearly it's beyond that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, another definition that I'll add, too, is like an amusing or interesting item 
such as like a caption picture or video or a genre of items that have spread widely online through social media. But then also, you know, memes have been around even before the internet, whether it's like graffiti from the 70s or like old ruins from Pompeii in yesteryear. That is so wild to think of graffiti as a meme, but it definitely is a way to spread an idea from person to person. That makes mm-hmm. so, so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think of, was it Banksy is, I, and I know he's not super popular, but talk about someone who, to me, spreads a lot of really interesting kind of subversive ideas just with these images. Um, and now I guess we could, can we call Banksy a meme artist? I think so, Yeah. It kind of makes me think of like, yeah, just images that are shared or, you know, I I just kind of think about like the way that certain images or um, sayings get passed around Mm -hmm. and then how it kind of just means something all of a sudden. So I don't think of this as a meme, for example, but, you know, like when Michael Jordan was like super duper popular. Mm -hmm. I remember the 20, the number 23 just meant excellence, you, you know? So it's just like, if, if you were like playing in a pickup basketball game or you like got jerseys at like a basketball tryout or a camp, it's like, it'd be rare that you wore the number 23 and you weren't also like able to contribute in some way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that is a meme. I think based on this, that it's an idea, behavior, style, or usage that spreads from person to person within a culture. Yeah. Because I agree. I remember playing rec ball Mm -hmm. and like, I never wanted to be 23 (laughs) because that was way too much pressure and I was not that good of a player. I was a a crappy point guard. I was good at defense and that was about it. But, you know, the guy that, I would even think, you know, if I saw another player wearing 23, even in a rec league growing up, I was like, this guy, whatever. (laughs) Like, you're not Jordan. Why do you think you're, I mean, unless they blew me away and I can't think of a situation where they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think that counts as like, you know, where it's, where a simple number can draw such an emotional and uh, cultural significance mm-hmm. just because of the greatest baseball, or baseball, well, not the greatest baseball, greatest basketball player of all time, in my opinion. I know that that's a controversial statement, uh, which actually Mark as a basketball, yeah. would you say, Jordan? This is a putting you on the spot. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, uh, Michael Jordan was easily my favorite athlete growing up. Um, as an adult, I think I relate more to LeBron James mm. also being a millennial. Yeah. Um, I'm more incre- I'm more impressed by like the totality of like LeBron James's career. Yeah. But I do understand why people say that Michael Jordan is the best of all time. Mm. But I think, and maybe this is just me like preferring like the narrative of LeBron James. I enjoy or I appreciate following his career because of the failures that he had that Michael Jordan like did not. So Mm -hmm. speaking of numbers and the number 23, it's just like, you know, he came into the league as an 18 year old wearing Michael Jordan's number as a homage to him, but also kind of like taking on that pressure. And in my opinion, as a rookie, like, you know, I think exceeded whatever expectations mm. there were for him. And he's also had, in my opinion, like a lot of high profile, like, I don't want to call them failures, but like losses. So, so it's just like, you know, Michael Jordan never lost in the finals, but LeBron's lost a bunch in the finals, but it's just kind of like, 
I wonder too, it's just like, what kind of narrative are you drawn to? Are you drawn yeah. to the person that every time they got to the finals, they won or the person that like hit roadblocks a bunch of times in the finals, but then like, came back. And there's something about that that's interesting to me. I think that is the better narrative. I think, you know, just for me, I I, I grew, I stopped watching basketball. You know, I grew up playing and watching basketball. I kind of stopped. But hearing that and like knowing I I love what LeBron James says and stands for. So I wonder if I was more into it now. It's just, I think it's that thing I grew up obsessed with Jordan, you know, Mm -hmm. so that just, it's tough to move that mountain out of the way because I'm, you know, he was that person. Yeah, I, I think the other thing too is that it's just like the league is just, I mean, and you can say this whenever you're comparing two players from two different generations, but it's like the league's just different. Right. You know, like the rules are different. The way they schedule games is different. Yeah. Um, but I also really like a lot of what um, LeBron James has done for player empowerment, at least for like yes. higher higher profile players, where it's like they exert more control over their careers. And again, going back to like, well, what kind of narrative are you more interested in? It's just like, for sure, there's like something really great about being drafted by Chicago and staying there for a really long time. Yeah. But then there's also something really interested about like, I'm going to go where I want to go and I'm in control and I'm not controlled by like a team owner, you know, right. not, not to say that Jordan was controlled by a team owner, but I'm just saying like um, the way that LeBron James has set, trends mm-hmm. for like i'm going to be in charge of my career and i'm going to dictate the terms of it yeah so. yeah well you know speaking of jordan yeah. and speaking of memes yeah. there's a very famous meme of michael jordan crying yeah um which is again i think because just like the number 23 instantly makes me think of jordan uh this incredible athlete crying is sob it's like a picture of him just ugly crying mm-hmm. just brings this emotion of you know, uh, intense kind of sadness, I guess. I have a, I have a question about that. Why do you think that meme was so popular for so long? Um, you know? Because of toxic masculinity. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, you think of him, I, I know that he would get emotional when he win the finals. Mm-hmm. And I, I think of him as a very emotional, you know, player. Cause you have to be, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. That's a really good question. I haven't thought about the crying Jordan meme in a while, but I remember like how pervasive it was for like a period of time and, you know, memes come and go, but you know, there are periods of time where it was just like, so all over the place. And I also understand that sometimes memes get used and it's less about the, where it started and more about like what it eventually comes to represent. Right. So I do understand that, but it is interesting to me because it's like, it's not like that's the only time we've seen Michael Jordan cry right. and it's at a hall of fame induction yeah. or it's just like where it would make sense to cry. <laughs> but the, usually the context in which I would see crying Jordan was that it was kind of funny. And I'm like, it's like, I mean, I, I guess it's just like, it doesn't really like make me laugh. The memes made me laugh, yeah. but it's just like the idea of like, that's like someone saying like, Oh man, I, I cried at my like retirement party. I'm like, well, that makes sense. That sounds healthy. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? 
All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku streaming experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley and I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have, hardwired, inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcast. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. According to evolutionary biologist Richard Dawkins, memes are also all cultural units of information, or as as he called them, memes. A word derived from the Greek word meme and gene. Check my pronunciation. Memes are essentially a cultural gene. Dawkins contends that our ideals, cultures, and customs replicate themselves almost like a virus. They travel from person to person through imitation, sharing, and repetition. Man, it's so true. While all memes are ideas, not all ideas become memes because not all ideas are worth passing on or copying. And that's why my stand-up career died. (laughs) It's very true. Uh, yeah, it's interesting to think of memes like a virus because mm. they definitely are. Mm-hmm. Um, and they mutate, you know? Yeah. It's just like a meme will start as one thing and then the way to heighten that meme or to make it funny is to like make a play on that meme. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really interesting. I mean, speaking of like crying Jordan or whatever, yeah. it's like you'll see the crying Jordan meme, but then people will put filters on it, you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or like... Or, and I think we've seen a bunch of examples of, of, of memes going through those changes and evolutions, much like a virus. You know? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think one of my favorite stages of memedom, and I don't know if this is an official stage, but I'm going to say that the, the meta meme. So it's when a meme has in, in collapsed like a black hole upon itself, and it, it, the meme memes its own meme. Um, and for example, I mean, there's a really great example in here of a meme that I really like is the distracted boyfriend. And as for, you know, it's, it's the meme of the, the guy walking down the street, he's turned around over his left shoulder, checking out a girl from behind and his girlfriend sees him doing this and is in shock. She's got her mouth open. I think we probably all could picture this meme because we've seen it a thousand times. It's actually originally a stock photo by photographer Antonio Gulliam. And it's labeled disloyal man walking with his girlfriend and looking amazed at another seductive girl. 
So <laughs> earlier I mentioned toxic masculinity. And when I read a caption from a photographer that says, disloyal man walking with his girlfriend and looking amazed at another seductive girl, what it, she's just a woman walking the other direction. The whole point of the meme is she's just walking down the street. She was not trying to seduce the boyfriend. It's just, what? Okay. Um, uh, but in, in both these cases, uh, the meme is the image itself, but what keeps it spreading is the global creativity of millions of people. They're continually adding new text, which keeps the images relevant and circling. And so, for example, the meme that our wonderful researcher Casey put in here was, the man is Richard Dawkins. He's staring over his shoulder at internet memes. And to the right, his original girlfriend is memes in the original sense. Yeah, that's great. Love the meta. Yeah. Love it. So internet memes grew as a concept in the mid-1990s, which is interesting to think about. Yeah, because the dancing baby mm-hmm. came out in 96, and that's considered to be the first digital meme. It took hours to download. So true. 14.4K modem. Um, and was a bit creepy. Also true. The, the dancing baby made the jump to other forms of media by its famous appearance on the hit television series, Ally McBeal. So this is something Casey found that I thought was re- really, really great. So I'll read read this research she, she did, which was awesome. It says, um, in addition to being easy to create, memes also have myriad applications. They can serve as coping mechanisms, provide social commentary, and foster awareness about current events, and provide us with an understandable language with which we can communicate our struggles and opinions. Mm. I, I think that sums it up so, so well. You know, something that's interesting about memes versus, like, specifically internet memes, I think, this diff- that kind of changed how I see comedy in a lot of ways. It's like growing up before high-speed internet, if something happened in the news, the first person to be able to make a joke about it would be like a Letterman or a Leno mm. later that night, maybe. Right. And now it's totally different because when something happens seconds, moments later, you have like a myriad of memes, you know, using comedy, not necessarily always comedy, but using comedy to process what's happened. And because it's so easy to create, you have more voices. Yeah. So I think it creates for like more like equitable, more challenging conversations on current events as opposed to satire, you know, being limited to like two or three dudes in suits that come on at night, you know, and seeing that happen has been really cool to watch, honestly. I I agree because I think uh, it it helps me contextualize a lot of stuff. There's a guy named Quentin Quarantino, um, who's a really talented meme artist and guy on Instagram. If you don't follow him, he always is raising money for great causes. But you know, looking back at some of his memes, it is that stuff that puts it in context. There's one that I remember that he shared when it was folks talking about, um, you know, not wearing masks. And it was a car driving at night without his lights on. And it says, you know, I don't need to turn my lights on. You know, you can't make me tell me what to do. I'm, you know, I can see other people fine. If they can't see me, that's on them, et cetera. And it's it just kind of one of those things that just helps you not feel crazy. I mean, sometimes I think when memes point out the absurdity of some of the things that are going on in our society and culture, it makes you feel like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm not crazy for thinking people are weird for not doing this thing or for or for doing this thing. Um, and it, it's, I mean, sometimes that stuff, to be honest, is funnier than how Leno would have interpreted it or, you know, those three 
dudes that were in charge of all the comedy back in the day. I feel like memes are a little bit like creating an inside joke, but between you and your friends, it's like mm. the whole world. You, you, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were talking about distracted boyfriend earlier. The world understands it to mean a certain thing. Yeah. And then it becomes, you know, it starts to like fold in on itself. It's hard to it's hard to do that unless everyone already has like a standard, very specific understanding of something, but it's allowed for the spread of kind of like inside jokes, you know, or like the nature of an inside joke. And a lot of times an inside joke or a joke that you would have between your friends can make you laugh so much harder than maybe something that you would see on television, perhaps just because of something that you all have created together. But like the communal nature of memes, I think, it uh, has uh, a sort of like inside joke quality about it. Right. By that, I just mean like very guttural, very experiential, you know. I love that it's, it's, there's, there's definitely a yin and a yang to that because I think if you look at TikTok and all these people that are able to instantly react and, 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 you, and anyone listening can, can create something quickly and reach so many people in a power and po- powerful and positive way. And at the same time, if, if, if you have kind of a negative attitude or a negative perspective, or you were trying to bring people down instead of up, you know, et cetera, you, you can do the same thing. Um, and I think it's amazing to see how creative we all are. I, I think it, that, that part is healthy, but it's, I think about, you know, in, in terms of, of, of memes, I think about, you know, in high school, just high school is where you're around a lot of people, right? Where maybe you're not around now that you're older, if you're in high school, God bless you. Um, but I think about, you know, if, if you're at a pep rally in high school and every person had a megaphone, that would be insane. You know, that would be, and there's, there's a lot of people, I know we're all thinking of a couple that should never get close to a megaphone and never have a megaphone. And now we all do. Now we all have a megaphone and we can all, no matter how absurd or racist or terrible our message is, we can amplify it and maybe get kicked off of social media, but probably not. Uh, you know, you have other ways to go. But, um, you know, all that to say, I do think so. It's got this power, this great power to bring us together, but it's also got this great power to rip us apart. We'll be right back with more ridiculous news after this short break. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro series has all of those and the Roku streaming experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular, all-inclusive trips to Roku City. 
the new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Don't get it confused. You are now tuned in to ridiculous news. Mark, what do you think meme stands for? M E M E. You know, Bill, I don't know, but I can I guess? Yeah. If I were to guess, maybe it's like an acronym. Yes. Standing for message, evolution, mm-hmm. malleability. And then effect. Oh my God. Did I guess it right? I can't believe that you are batting four for four. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> should I? I think I should play the lottery. Uh, you should. Yeah, because you would win. Do you do you want to go so far as to maybe guess the, the, the messages, by, like what each word means? Sure. Um, can I guess what message might uh, Absolutely. Mean? Yeah. I'm so so I'm, when I'm I think curious. about message, I think that that means that. There needs to be a clearly definable central message or reference that's understood and relatable by commonly shared knowledge or experience. The medium of the message isn't relegated to an image and text. It can be either or both or video or solely audio. How does... Okay. Okay. So basically it can be a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I remember like, uh, Back when Childish Gambino's Redbone came out, people would make that song into a meme by adjusting the sound of it and being like, oh, this is what Redbone would sound like in whatever situation. Mm. And so then that became like a popular meme that would get shared around. Awesome. So it wasn't like, uh, you know, like a well-known image or photo, but instead it was like a heavily circulated song that got circulated in a different way that way. Cool. Well, you know, the evolution, the E in a meme, the first E, Mark, mm-hmm. means that a meme cannot remain static. To your point, as it continues to morph, it must be adopted and remixed by a community of people that embrace it. So that's an interesting way, you know, because that's something, too, yeah, what makes a meme a meme is that it's constantly being recontextualized depending on what's happening either in current events or pop culture, etc. You know, just the word remix, actually, or... Going back to discussion of audio in relation to memes, hearing the word remix, it makes me think about, you know, song covers, you know, where certain songs are changed and everyone has a version of that song that they do. Or if there's like a popular beat that comes out and everyone raps on Mm. that beat, they do their version of that song and is a little different than how I see memes being talked about, but it is interesting in the sense that I think like we as humans, one way that we connect is taking some sort of form and continually changing it, changing it, changing it while keeping some core of it the same. Well, it's funny that you say that because that's literally the next M it's malleability. So you literally just defined it. It's, that it that a meme must aid in its own evolution by having defined characteristics that can be changed while maintaining and preserving some semblance of the original message. 
Man, I'm 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 guessing like wild. You are nailing this, it's, Mark. It's You're... as if I have the paper in front of me. Oh, do you? Do I? No, I don't you know. don't. I don't. No, you don't. For the audience at home, he's literally there's nothing in front of Mark. He's in a void. I, I am in a void. He's... You would think I'd be afraid because <laughs> there's nothing I can see around me, and there's not a lot of food or shelter. But floating in the void's pretty cool. Yeah, it's nice and it's well, it's nice in there. I I mean, you're so far away. I'm super far away. Uh, the cool thing is, is that Hulu's way cheaper here. Oh, save really? like two bucks a month. That's cool. That's and, wild. And uh, the other thing that's cool is, um, you know, uh, asparagus is well priced. And I didn't picture you as an asparagus person. It's okay when you like grill it. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the final E, Mark? Well, the final E that I guessed correctly earlier was effect. Mm-hmm. And if I were to guess what effect were to mean, I'd say it's something like it has to reach a certain level of popularity and understanding or the message won't matter. Perhaps the most important part of the meme is virality. Is that? That's that virality that we were talking about earlier. The, the, <sighs> the catchiness the yeah. you, you see it, you have to repeat it. Mm-hmm. You have to share it. Um, and, and what, you know, the, the, the images seem so random, the Shibu Inu, you know, like this dog turning around and making a face like wh- <laughs> it, it, it's so tough to think about That's what makes, funny. what makes these things catch on like wildfire. I mean, do you think it's an influencer sharing it and, or is it, I don't know. I don't know yeah. that. I think that is an interesting topic though. Like how, I mean, it's, I think it's something that. We'd all like, like what, what makes things go viral, at least organically, you know, what was, what's the cause of organic morality? Be a good thing to know. Uh, we, we get a little bit of organic virality. That's true. In some of the sketches that we do, follow MarkKendallComedy.com. Yeah, please Mark Kendall follow Mark Kendall Comedy. Bill and I, we make comedy videos. Check them out, you guys. But you know what's interesting about yeah. that? You know, speaking about virality, mm-hmm. because that's something I think as comedians... It's tough to know what's going to catch and what's not. And I think the the real key that I think we have found, and I think probably most comedians will tell you, is you just got to keep doing the work. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're someone who creates memes, for example, um, you just keep creating them. And, and sometimes it's the one you think everyone's going to love and share gets nothing <laughs> or very little. And the thing that... Um, you know, you thought, ah, we'll, we'll just put this out anyway and see what happens goes crazy. And I, I, I do think if there's anything that I think can connect to people, it's stuff that's very personal, personal and vulnerable. And uh, that seems to be the stuff, at least for us, that I think people tend to share and relate to. Yeah, it's like there's a certain element of it where it's just like, I think across all mediums, platforms, the more personal you're able to you know, clearly communicate something, the, the more personal, the more specific it is. Weirdly, the, the broader it is. So like a lot of these memes are super specific, but it seems to get at something. It's yeah. like that specificity that is what allows it, you know, to spread is what allows it to be so accessible to folks. Yeah. Because even if you don't really understand the source material, you're like, oh, well, I do know that expression. Mm. You know, like I do know what that face means, even if I don't know where it came from. The woman, the one that it's a woman with a face where she's like disgusted. And then right below, she's like, "Mm." yes, (laughs) love that one. (laughs) That's so good. 
good. Every time. Yeah. Every time it gets me. It's just because I love her face. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I wonder who she is. I do too. Well, guess who I have on the line, Mark? What? It's the woman from that meme. She's calling in right. Yep. Perfect timing. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Uh, Bill, is it okay if I yeah, if yeah. I answer? Go for it. Um, hello? Hello. Oh, my gosh. Uh, hi. Uh, is this the woman from that meme where you're, like, frowning and then you're like, oh, maybe. Yes, that's me. That's absolutely me. Oh, my yeah. gosh. We are such fans. We were just talking about you in a positive light. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, you know, I, a, lot of, a lot of times I'm on the street and I'm just making those kind of faces, uh, whether it's uh, looking at a hot dog or, uh, you know, what's on the news or uh, if I find a dollar bill. And I get recognized a lot. You know, I've I've been a fan of your uh, meme, your image oh, for a really you. long time, Thank and you so much. yeah, yeah, and you seem like a really positive person. So I, you know, I try. I, I am. Yeah. I am a really positive person. You know, and I, a lot of times I, I I have a really high voice and it gets low, and you know that's just one of the things I'm just I think well, that's a bad thing, and I'm like, nope, it's great. <laughs> I'm I'm only laughing because I'm just starstruck, not mm. because I'm laughing at your plight or your well, experience I, or whatever. It is. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you so much for having me on. And I I hope that you know I you know I, I don't know if I want everyone to be a meme because you get mm. you get so much attention. But for those that can handle it and those that are not introverted and outgoing, right? Be a meme. I recommend it. That's some great advice: is to be a meme. I mean, because you think about it, it's just like. You're malleable. You have the ability to change. You know, you're clear in your communication and you leave a lasting impact. I mean, that's a great thing to aspire to be. Thank you so much, Mark. <laughs> cool. You know my name. Yes, Mark <laughs> this Kendall. Is, this is yes. amazing. Mark Oliver Kendall. Oh, wow. You know my middle name. That's uh, even better. I didn't. Wait, what? Now I do. <laughs> oh, so you get <laughs> Yeah, uh, your 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 coworker Bill just she shot me a text. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That, but I okay. yeah, I, I was like, what would Mark Middle's name is? Mark O, definitely Oliver. Oh wow. Well, I don't know any of your names, uh, but thank you for uh, let's keep it that way. Thanks so much. <laughs> Goodbye. Wow, Bill, that was wild. That was wild. That, that was, was her timing and the the the, the similarities in our vocal tone. I think we're, I'm just going to throw that out there that that's wild, although we don't look very like. You don't look very like, and to be honest, Bill, I thought the two of you sounded very different. I, okay, I know maybe okay. from your perspective, they sounded like the same person. I couldn't tell. Great. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, it's good. It's, it's weird when you sit talking to a mic, but I'm so glad we had a guest like that. It was, it was great having like an actual, you know, a meme come and visit. Yeah. That was really cool. Uh, I, I, I wonder it would be great at some point to talk to Quentin Quarantino. That's not someone that we have. <laughs> I just like we tried to get him, um, but maybe sometime in the future, yeah. we could we could chat with him. Um, what about blind folks and memes? You know, in the in these visual memes, do you think it's a, a, a something just by description? I would think so because I think that you can effectively write a script mm-hmm. for a meme. Yeah, and so it's just, especially the structure of a lot of them. Yeah, so it's like it's kind of like a comic. Yeah, you know, and so it's just like if you could describe a comic or read the script of a comic, I think you could get most of the punchlines. I would, I would imagine, if I if I were to, to guess, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I did an interview one time with a guy who lost his sight in Afghanistan. Um, and it was really interesting to see how his computer talks to him and just describes everything. And he was faster on his laptop than I'm on mine. And 
Um, so yeah, when you think about the structure of a meme is so solid and rigid that you just start putting different concepts inside of it. Um, so yeah, I think it's pretty universal. And I almost wonder, you know, if it's just images, it probably transcends even language, you know, the English barrier. I wonder, you know, if there's memes that are just as popular on the other side of the world as they are here, just because it's a visual. Yeah. What is your favorite meme, Mark? You know that meme? It's a lady. She has short hair, shades. I think it's like a pink colored jacket. And she's kind of like almost catching her breath. She has uh, both hands on her knees. And she's trying to, she's kind of like squinting and like, huh, trying to make sense out of it. I think that's probably my favorite. That would definitely be up there for me too. Because yeah. it's so classic. Yeah. It's such a, it's such an amazing meme. And I'm trying to think about a, a specific one that jumps out of that particular meme. Ah, it's so in context. It's like trying to think, like I can picture it and I can picture it making me laugh, but maybe that's some of the power of memes. It's like, I can picture her and her make, just picturing her makes me laugh even more than thinking about what the specific is of her bending down, squinting, being like, what? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's a classic. Any other ones that jump out to you? Isn't there one with Cardi B as like a little kid? And she's like, Mama said, and they usually start like that, or like, My mama said such and such and such and such. And it's like, Cardi B is like a, a little kid, and it's very funny. It's very funny. That one is, I'm You might, uh, I probably you might recognize I it. it. You just may not, because I didn't really know that that was actually Cardi B until recently. I thought I was like, Oh, this is just some kid, you, you know, right. but um, uh, that, that one was pretty funny. That's crazy that it's Cardi B. Yeah. Ah, here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Do you hang out with her a lot, right, Mark? I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's, um, um, you know, she's a celebrity and I don't want to be like, oh, I know who this person is and I'm not trying to put out like all of, all of their like personal business and things like that. But like we go bowling, you know what I'm saying? Bowling. Yeah. We go bowling. Uh, she likes painting. You know, when you go to those places where it's like you paint and then you order takeout food yeah. and like have wine Drink or whatever. Drink some wine, yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, we do that all the time. We, um, Y'all are really close. Well, like really close, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I so. did not know that about Cardi B yeah. and, and Mark Kendall, that you guys are so close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if I was going to count the number of times we've hung out in person, it'd yeah. probably be zero times. But okay. it's like, wow. if I manifest, yes. like, hey, we do these things, I feel like eventually it could be a thing. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's how you do it. That's, that's the secret. Yeah. You got to manifest that. And yeah. and so I pictured bowling. I mm-hmm. pictured the wine drinking and the laughing mm-hmm. and the painting. Yeah. And you know, that's, you get, you gotta, you gotta think about that stuff and draw it to yourself. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. Um, what about yourself, Bill? Uh, any favorite memes that come to mind? Uh, a, a meme that I like a lot, Mark, is the, it's, a, a cartoon and it's the two buttons and then a guy sweating, wiping his head. And this is a very inside improv joke, but the two buttons in this case are edit the scene or hope it gets better. <laughs> he's wiping his head. He can't make the choice. And for those of you who have watched an improv show, hopefully that will make a lot of sense for yes. you. But there is, there's always those two terrible decisions uh, constantly in life. Seems like that's what we're put up with right now. Um, that's that's always one that gets me a lot. And I think it's because of the how stressed out the dude is. And you know what? This I don't even know if this is a meme, but this is just something that makes me laugh. 
but it says it's it's there's a scene in uh, the Empire uh, or Return of the Jedi where they have to uh, get on the Endor moon and they have a send a code and one of the generals says to Darth Vader and he says, "Hey, what's what's on that ship? Do they have a code?" He says, "That's oh, an older code, code, sir, but it checks out." And uh, this just says, "It's an older meme, sir." but it checks out. Um, so we've even gotten to the point where, you know, I mean, memes are old because, I mean, they started in the 90s. So these are things that, you know, there's plenty of people out there that were born after memes were created, which is mind-blowing for us old farts. But, you know, that's just, a, it's a language now. It's a language and it's a way that people communicate. And that's why I think some of the work that you're doing with memes, Mark, and, and, and to try and use them in a positive way to help influence behavior is so powerful and such good work, you know? Yeah. It's cool. Just how I'm just kind of like, uh, so intrigued by how easy, not, not, not to make it seem like it's an easy thing to do, but how simple it is to make a meme if you, if you want to, Yeah, you know? And, um, I'm just really intrigued by, you know, ways of creating things that are just like accessible for folks. Cause you have other things that are not, really like accessible you know what i'm saying like like doing theater isn't like super accessible you know what i mean right. or like learning to play an instrument isn't always like the most accessible thing but it's like if you have a phone or like access to like a laptop or you have internet you know what i mean like yeah. you can you can make a you can make a meme of you can make kind. a meme and, and that and that that i think is what is interesting to me about it. meme yourself you know that's my challenge. If you're at home, you got some good photos. We all have funny photos where when you're a kid, you got your head stuck in the garage door. That might just be me. Did you really? I did, did multiple oh, times. I would, I, well, what I would do is, a, is like, I guess a two or three year old, I would put my hands under and then lift up and then use my neck to lift up the garage door to sneak into the garage. And like, there's, my mom has multiple pictures of me in a diaper with my head under the garage door. But wasn't that a heavy door? Didn't oh, that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was, you know, I mean, I guess it's on wheels. Um, I don't know why that was a thing that I did, but apparently I did it all the time. So I feel like that's memeable. We love doing this show for y'all. We really do. And we appreciate it because we couldn't do it. If you weren't listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And we know you got a lot of choices. Thanks for spending your time with us. We really do appreciate it. And hey, if you want to stay in touch with us, you can. So you can email us at ridiculousnews at iheartmedia.com. You can follow us on social media at Ridiculous News on Facebook and IG. And be sure to check out our comedy videos at Mark Kendall Comedy on IG, TikTok, and Facebook, and at Kendall Comedy on Twitter. Have a great, 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 great day, evening, night, wherever you are. We appreciate you. Farewell. Bye, y'all. Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment, and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. 
If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better, your TV is. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.